0: Dear ones, you're listening to the "What God Is Not" podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia.
1: Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Um, Father Michael just grimaced, and I don't know. I oh, really, it's because you didn't I, open your drink before really we started didn't recording. I did want to
0: open up my drink <laughs> on uh, the recording. I tried to hold it like five feet away, and you could still totally hear it.
1: I could absolutely could hear it. it? Yes. Oh, sorry. Although I'm still on my home visit um, and Angelo, uh, who did the intro for our last podcast, assuming it worked, um, is outside playing with his our, my parents' uh, neighbor's kid who's five and they are screaming. So we might every once in a <laughs> while hear them in the background too.
0: That's all right.
1: I was out there playing with them right before we recorded. They wanted me to do a um, survival course with them. Um, probably they made some YouTube thing. Yeah. They kind of made it up as we went along and, uh, my heart rate got way too high. It was like uh, one, it was one seventy three. <laughs>
0: oh you wow. don't know what that means. Yeah. But you could pretend publicly that I do. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I know how heart rates and blood pressures work. I just don't, I've been, I've been very privileged to not need to know what heart rates and blood pressures, like what's healthy and what's not just cause I kind of assume cause of my good genes that all is well. Um, My dad does have Agent Orange, so that does sometimes pass on to the next generation. So I'm uh, I got to be careful with that. Um, I don't have any kids, um, but I do have my house is infested with raccoons. (gasps) But so if we ever record at like three in the morning, which I can't. Well, actually, that would be like what? That'd be six. six, six, That would be like totally logical for you to record, but it wouldn't be for me. And these raccoons just scream and fight, and then in the morning, or they like they like kill other animals, and I'll find like just. Mangled birds.
1: That's disgusting. I I, it
0: is, but the, like, why
1: did you just say that on the podcast?
0: I, I, I was going to say something wor- much worse than mangled, actually, but that that kind of came. Oh. <laughs> I was trying, like, well, 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 well I don't want to bring any images to people's minds, but yeah, there's like blood splotches. Stop. All between
1: <laughs> just stop.
0: <laughs> between my house. And We're
1: moving church. on. We're moving on.
0: All right. So um, love. <laughs> well.
1: <laughs> Did you just introduce my podcast episode?
0: Uh, l- l- as if love wasn't in every podcast we do.
1: Father Michael, <laughs> you completely Sorry. just stole my thunder.
0: <laughs> we'll edit that out.
1: No, we won't. No, <laughs> <laughs> no we won't. Okay. Um, if I listen, do so we- Oh God. I, have we given a shout out to the person who does our editing? I can't remember.
0: Um, I think so, but we can do it.
1: Okay. Again. Well, shout out to Steve Davies. But if he had to edit out every stupid thing we said, the episodes would be like ten minutes long. Ouch. I said we, not you.
0: Okay, fifty percent. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Half ouch.
1: Um. So we had I feel, a ba- l-
0: I be- I feel bad for you. That was an ouch for the two of us. No one. No one tells. No one talks about my co-host that way. <laughs> Even herself.
1: (laughs) Um, I. So either, I think this episode's going to be one of either two things. One of two things. Either... Stop. Either it's going to be really, really good because we had so many technological problems. Um, Yeah. It took us... We were supposed to start 40 minutes ago and it took us that long to get the technology figured out. Um, And so either the devil was trying to mess with it and God brought it through because it's going to be really good. Or Jesus was trying to tell us, don't do this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so we'll see. People have to let us know if it was Jesus or the devil trying to mess things up.
0: You know, what's really funny is that just this shows a personality difference. Like you, you've talked about before about, you know, did Jesus delay my, is Jesus letting the evil of, of delaying of your final profession be for something that is, you'd look at it completely negatively. That wouldn't even cross my mind <laughs> that, that God would have been like, you guys just, you're not, you're not in a place today where it would be good. So I'm going to go ahead and cuddle these technological issues.
1: But like Jesus could do that. Oh yeah.
0: I believe it. But he also, I don't, I think he would have, I don't think he would have like, given up so easily. Hmm. Through, through Apple help <laughs> <laughs> that I did to find out what audio interface I needed to use. <laughs>
1: that you did?
0: Yeah, I think the issues were on my end, weren't they?
1: Yeah, but I'm the one oh. who helped you fix it.
0: Apple help.
1: Whatever. Um, okay,
0: you, you Googled it. So, okay, through Google, <laughs> Sister Natalia and Apple help, I figured out how to change my kilohertz to the right one. So, anyway... <laughs> Go ahead sister.
1: <laughs> well, do you have do you remember the tradition that you started of wanting to like give extra stuff from the last podcast? Do you have anything that you want to say?
0: I do. Um, but I was thinking earlier, I can't remember what it was.
1: You can't Can you remember get, what the podcast was?
0: No, I We recorded
1: I, 2 days ago. I
0: remember details about it. I remember stories. Oh my God. I re- but I don't remember what the, what the main theme was. This is why I don't get mad if I ask people what was my homily about, and they're like, I have no idea, Father. Because I don't remember my own homilies sometimes.
1: Okay, wait, I need you to stop talking for a second because I can't remember what it was and I'm trying to remember. <laughs> 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 oh, and it was my topic.
0: That oh, Jesus, it's humbling
1: me. He's humbling me. Are um, you serious
0: or are you making this up just to make me feel better?
1: Yeah, right. Like, I would ever <laughs> do that. Um...
0: I can, re- I can already have stories. I can remember you. <gasps> Wait, a- I
1: remember Unix. <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean That's to yell. Right. Um, <laughs> um, we eventually have to do a video podcast because
0: <laughs> everyone just
1: needs to see everything. Um, I remember it's, it wasn't about Unix, but like. I was
0: going to say, what was the theme? It wasn't Unix. There was a
1: little what bit mean? about Unix. Um, oh, single heartedness. I just yelled yes. again. Okay. I'm sorry. Single heartedness. No okay. Um, loving the Lord with your whole heart, not holding back, taking the plunge. Yep.
0: yep. And no, no safety net watchfulness. Yes. Okay. It's all coming back to me now.
1: So do you remember what you were going to say?
0: Um, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just trying to think if there was anything I needed to say, but I couldn't remember the topic to remember if there was.
1: We just humiliated both of us mm-hmm. for no reason.
0: I think that's good for the soul. It's good for humility.
1: Ugh. Fine. Um, okay. So,
0: no, I don't have anything. Go ahead. So you can, <laughs> if you don't have anything either, we can go ahead and kick off the new topic.
1: Okay, good. After seven minutes. Um, the, <laughs> um, oh, can I tell you something that happened last night though? It has nothing to do with sure. the topic whatsoever. Great. We'll,
0: we'll find a way of easing into the topic anyway.
1: It has nothing to do with it.
0: Um, um I, 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 Challenge us. I think we'll find a way <laughs> of easing in. I think we'll a way of, of transitioning.
1: So <laughs> what was that?
0: Wasn't that from Saturday Night Live? The, uh,
1: I don't watch SNL.
0: Um, oh my gosh. I'm totally spacing the names. The two guys that would, would go back and like flashbacks. I don't watch SNL.
1: Okay. This is um, like from
0: before you were born, sister SNL. So it would be on YouTube. It wouldn't be on.
1: It wouldn't I be also on don't really times. watch YouTube. Okay. Unlike apparently my nephew who did that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, that was a little bit impressive and a little bit um, alarming. So uh, my, my mom and I yesterday, while we were at the grocery store, I saw some Oreos and I was like, oh, I really want Oreos and milk. So we bought them. And I'm not a big sweets person, but I do like a few Oreos and milk, just like three or four. And, um, and my mom said, hey, we can prank your dad and scoop out the filling of one of them and put like toothpaste or something in it and i was like that's a great idea so last night um we did this we take out we scooped out the inside and my mom fills it with sour cream oh. and i was like mom that's a terrible idea it's way too slippery like he's going to know and she said your father won't know he won't tell the difference <laughs> and i was like all right, but I think he's gonna know. So we like ask him if he wants some Oreos with the rest of us. And I made everyone their own plate so that we could be sure he got the cookie. <laughs> and we give him four cookies. And um, they
0: all have sour cream or just no, one? No, only of them one what? of them. Only one of them. Okay.
1: So my mom and I are just like trying to keep it together and not give away that we've done this horrible thing to him.
0: Yep.
1: And he eats the first cookie, nothing. And then he eats the second cookie, nothing. He eats the third cookie. Nothing. My mom and I are dying at this point. And then we, and then he picks up the fourth cookie, and my mom and I just look at each other, and we're waiting. And he puts it in his mouth, and he. We're playing cards during this. Okay. Um, we're playing. I think we were playing the Catholic card game. Okay. Um, have you played that?
0: That that that's a bit of a wound.
1: Oh. Um, Awkward. Okay, Yeah. moving
0: on. No, no, it's only um, a wound because we were contacted by them for Catholic stuff uh-huh. and we never returned the email. So <gasps> we, we, I know.
1: <laughs> Father Michael. It wasn't
0: on me. It was actually went to a different guy. I won't say who, but another guy at Catholic stuff you know. So they call this like, hey, we want to include Catholic stuff you should know in, in our new card game. And we got all kinds of kind of weird emails from people um, oh, that we kind of blew that off, bummer. and then realized what it was later on. So anyway, well,
1: if Catholic Card Game comes up with another <laughs> expansion pack, we have one of them. But if they come up with another one, y- you have our for, permission. For what
0: God is not. <laughs> for
1: what God is not, or Justice Sister Natalia, um, yeah, there we go. yeah. So so, anyways, he puts the last cookie in his mouth, chews it, swallows nothing, <laughs> and. My mom and I just look at him and look at each other and our jaws drop (laughs) and and then we just start laughing and he's like, what are you guys laughing at? And I said, and I said, dad, and I can't even talk because I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying. And I was like, dad, I, we put sour cream in one of those cookies. He literally didn't notice. He had no idea that there was sour cream in one of the cookies. I don't, I don't know how that's possible. Was he dipping them in milk? Yeah.
0: That, I, I think that actually might mask him more than if he wasn't. That's what I'm thinking. I know. It's still weird. Totally but weird. But then there I, was I'm just,
1: like sour cream in his milk.
0: I'm standing up for my dude and just saying we're oblivious <laughs> sometimes.
1: Did you just call my dad your dude? <laughs> I did.
0: <laughs> well, Just a know, dude, a, a man, a male.
1: You guys have smoked cigars together. like
0: that makes girlfriend's him your dude, eye colors and, uh, and changes of hairstyle. Or if there's sour cream and there Oreo instead of cr- normal sweet cream,
1: you never notice when I do something different with my hair.
0: It, if I, I, it would be offensive right now if the little poof in the front of your head is that. That's all I can see. If I'm like your poof is different, it's, it's more poofy. There's more like.
1: <laughs> okay, now that we're twelve minutes in, strands. Almost, maybe I should actually introduce the podcast. Right, um, so. This episode, which is very poorly prepared for, um, except I prayed about it this morning.
0: You said that last time too.
1: I know. Is this I mean a habit?
0: Seven episodes was. in.
1: Was that an intentional pun? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it was not.
1: Uh, you just. I'm you sorry. Just had I'm, to I'm out totally distracting you from
0: from kicking off your. I know. Your, your, stop. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll stop.
1: Okay. Um, I'll I'm easily distracted right now because I'm nervous.
0: Stop talking. I will.
1: (laughs) No, you won't. You never (laughs) stop talking. Okay. Um, The, the, I should have figured, I didn't even think through how I was going to introduce this. Okay. So I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about love, which you already spoiled because you already introduced that at the beginning. Sorry. And it's God who forgives. I want to talk about, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what love what love is um, what is love love that's not actually what it's about can we get sued for me singing that
0: I think if you go over like five seconds yes
1: okay well that was super short yes, um, so here's the problem here's how it's poorly prepped for I have some scripture I want to share Okay. I have a quote from a book I want to share Okay. I have a quote from my prayer journal I want to share I have a quote from the Philokalia I want to share
0: That is four times more prep than I've probably ever done on a podcast ever.
1: I have two quotes from the Philokalia. Five times. But um, the problem is I have no idea what order they should go in. So I'm going to ask Jesus to just help me with this.
0: Start with the word of God.
1: Jesus, please help me. That's what I was going to do. There you go. Jesus just helped me through Father Michael. I find Um,
0: Jesus. We agree. Go ahead.
1: Sometimes he does that during direction. (laughs) By the way, it's really... Kind of weird and obnoxious. (laughs) Okay, so here's here's the scripture that I'll start with. It's from Romans chapter 13. And because the podcast is about love and because I think that love is a topic that's very commonly misunderstood in our current society. Oh, I just thought of something else I want to share. Okay, so... No, but I do have C.S. Lewis here. That's the nice. that's the quote I wanted to share. Oh, I see. Cool. Okay. Um. So, so word of job. God, go ahead. Do you know exactly what I'm going to share from C.S. Lewis? No. It's not from the Fort Loves.
0: I already I already got a text from somebody saying that they loved the moment when we had that Holy Spirit moment where we were not unknowingly on the same page in episode four.
1: Oh.
0: About the subject.
1: So President I was Michael, hoping
0: that uh, I was that hoping I would have one of those moments, but it wasn't. Oh. Wah, wah. Awkward.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Moving on. Word of God. I had I had my first moment of I was talking someone one of my friends was talking to me about the podcast and um, I had two moments with her. One was that um, she was telling me that she's started um, accidentally imitating me the way that I say sure a lot. Like as you're talking and I'm listening to you, I say, instead of as some people would say, "Uh uh-huh or yeah, I say sure. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that I do this. And she said, you do it all the time. And so now (laughs) she does it all the time, even more than I do. Uh, But she also brought up something on the podcast. She was like, I love that you said this because it's really beautiful. And that's how I want to live my life. And I kind of wanted to curl up in a ball because I was like, I don't actually live that way. But I was talking about it. So probably now I need to. Mm -hmm. And this is probably how Father Michael feels every time I throw his homilies back in his face. (laughs) Um, Romans chapter 13. Verse, I don't know. I should have picked which verses I was going to do. Um, I'll just do verses eight through 10. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this sentence. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So I guess that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, that love is the fulfilling of the law. Um, because I was, I was praying a few years ago just about what it means to love. And because I was often told by my confessor things like, well, um, love isn't a feeling, love is a choice. And um, I was like, well, I, I don't know... I don't know what that means because also we say that we love people and often by that we mean that we have some sort of affection for them. Um, And I mean, I still tell you that I love you even when I'm very angry with you. And I do think that's true, but it's like harder to love you in those moments. Um, But as I was praying about that a few years ago, I went to um, a wedding of some friends of our community. Uh, shout out to Chris and Alex Kelly. It was their wedding. I don't think I ever even told them about this, so this will be kind of cool if they <laughs> listen to this. Um, but I'm at their wedding. It's a Roman wedding, and so they have the vows. You've done Roman weddings. What are the vows? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when they when they promise, they promise to to love, to serve, and to be faithful. Is that right?
0: There's different versions, but um, uh, yeah.
1: there's different versions. Um,
0: yeah, it's like four or five. The Romans can change
1: the. Mm-hmm. which ones they do? Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: I mean there's like one of them's like the one from movies, I take you for my lawfully wedded wife, you know, or there's the, there's the there's either the there's either the I do, which the priest just says and you say I do or you say the vows. And then there's like a third or and I believe it even a fourth option. I would have to. Look okay. Up.
1: Well, there's one I think I think it was that they promised to love to serve and to be faithful. Okay. So as I'm listening to this, this is in the midst of, you know, the past couple of weeks I had been praying about what it is to love. And I thought, well, wait a second, if they're promising to serve one another, then like Chris is promising to serve Alex, even when he doesn't feel like it, <laughs> even when he doesn't want to. Alex is promising to be faithful to Chris, even when... She's attracted to another man, even when she doesn't want to be faithful to him. And so, if they're going to group love in with that, then that uh, that implies that the love aspect is also a choice. They're also promising to love one another when they don't feel like it. Mm. Um, and and so that was very that was very striking for me. Do you need water or something? You keep coughing. I have water. Oh yeah, that's right. We all heard you open it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um is this going to be another episode that I'm going to have to do a public apology for after for being like a big jerk to you?
0: Let's just assume that you're going to begin (laughs) every podcast with, this is my public apology. We should, we should, we should should actually finish the podcast with the monastic forgiveness. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to, Oh, that's a really good idea. I don't want to overuse it though. That's, I don't want to diminish its meaning either. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Okay. So, um, that's fine. It's, Never. Mind. Oh, <laughs> so, so that was that was kind of the outcome of of praying at that wedding for me was to realize that like this is what it means that love is a choice um, because we're including it we're including it in this way in the wedding ceremony, um, which I thought was um, it, it made me think of, and so I went back and looked this up. I I really love C.S. Lewis. So I don't know how you knew I was going to quote him.
0: Because we talked in spiritual direction about the book you're reading.
1: Oh, yeah, about Four Loves. Yes. Oh, but this isn't about Four Loves.
0: Okay. Well, there we
1: go. So
0: So just real quick for a clarification, you're talking about um, in sickness and health and good times and bad, right? And that's kind of the idea of, Loving when it's when it, when you don't feel like loving, but somehow in marriage you still yeah, have
1: to. I guess, um yes, okay, that's what I mean. I mean, like, if you don't have that same like warm, fuzzy feeling, right, you're still promising to love them, that yeah. it's not just about um it's not it's not just about feelings or it's not even primarily about feelings, mm-hmm. um and I think that's very important to remember in our society because because people are so often driven by quote unquote being in love and and they'll make all sorts of choices based on that. Um, some good choices and some bad choices. So I, I can extrapolate on it, but let me share this from C.S. Lewis first because I think okay. it might help to clarify what I'm saying. Um, so this is from Mere Christianity. I love C.S. Lewis. Probably my favorite, oh I shouldn't say favorite I really like mere Christianity though um, and I like it I read it in college and I think that's probably why I liked it so much because I was studying engineering and and mere Christianity for me was a, a perfectly logical um, explanation of, of why we should believe in God but also um, why Christianity is the truth and and my favorite chapter out of mere Christianity is the chapter on christian marriage. and c. s. Lewis is talking about this concept of being in love. And um, I'm just going to share three different lines from the chapter. But he says, being in love is a good thing, but it is not the best thing. And he talks about how he talks about how people um, so many people don't understand that even though B is better than C, there might be an A that's even better than B. Um, And so that's his point, is that being in love is a good thing, but it's not the best thing. And he says, he says ceasing to be in love need not mean ceasing to love. Love in this second sense, love as distinct from being in love is not merely a feeling. And then lastly, being in love first moved Christian couples to promise fidelity this quieter love enables them to keep the promise mm. so he he talks about how falling quote unquote falling in love is is a good and it's it's a great gift given to us by God in order to help us to persevere when we're called to love without so much of the feeling yeah and and this is true obviously in in marriages, and I think it's part of why I want to say this with all with all gentleness um, my my mom actually has been divorced. Um, my two oldest siblings are from another marriage um, so and my mom's absolutely incredible, so I say this with all gentleness, but I think it's why divorce is so prevalent in our society is is we're we're often brought up to think that if you, quote unquote, fall in love, that means you're meant to be with that person. And if you fall out of love, you're no longer meant to be with them. Um, or if you fall in love with someone else, you're now meant to be with that someone else. Um, and and that's part of what C.S. Lewis is trying to explain um, in that yeah, passage.
0: I really like how he distinguishes that, the difference between being in love and... And loving somebody, because I think there's obviously there's different we English have a great handicap and only having one word for all these different mm-hmm. types of love um and so we need to keep that in mind, but i think on a on a practical level um it is really hard to argue against that against that mindset and 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 I think you need even if we are, and people would argue this i mean are humans built are are we created? even in our just animalistic nature, are we created a mate for life? You know, or, 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 or are we one of those mammals that's not? And now when, when our love is raised, you know, I, I would argue that we are. I think that's because marriage is natural. Finding someone that you commit to for the rest of your life is natural. But what happens if you do fall out of love with someone you're married to? You know, and you 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 still love them, and I think any Christian would say you love them, but you you fall out of love with someone you're married to. What does that look like practically and I think that's where you need to look at the sacramental nature like you are you are you are a helpmate bound to that person sacramentally, so you're that's why the church teaches explicitly you know you You cannot get remarried you know you you need to remain even if you separate for the love of the other person, even if you separate for the good of the other person and the good of yourself that you you still are married to them. there's a unique exclusive and intimate bond with them that, that that you will always have and 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 the immense suffering that can happen because of falling out of love with someone, even if you still love them, you say, "Well, I still love my grandmother, I still love my boyfriend from high school, my girl from high school, you know like I still love them and and yet this is the person I bound myself to sacramentally through God's mm-hmm. grace. So, what does that look like when you fall out of love with somebody you're married to? You know, so it, it's it's an interesting an interesting question because you can fall in love with somebody, and then when you fall out of love with them, you can still love them according to C.S. Lewis's definition. You can right. still love them, but you would love everybody. You know, you, you're supposed to God. Going back to the scriptures, God is love. That's the mm-hmm. greatest definition of love, and it was lived out in the cross. So, so what does that look like? How does that just differ between being in love with somebody and loving someone and then how does that work out sacramentally is an interesting question. I don't know yeah. if you want to go there or not, but that's, um, I'm trying to think of the practical ways of handling this topic.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just said sure again. I'm going to notice it all the time now. Um, no,
0: it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Just do it. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I think I think that's a valid point. And I think that I guess, I guess the point of it is that, is that love is, love being a choice, um, means that our actions, our actions should stem from that choice, from that, from that matter of the the engagement of the will. And that's why I brought up the passage from Romans of love means fulfilling my commandments. Um, or love is the fulfilling of the law or something like that. I don't know. I don't really memorize scripture. Um, and I already closed the Bible. But um So it's like Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know a response to that immediately, but I wanna keep pondering it and I'll maybe come back to it or I might bring it up on the next episode at the beginning.
0: Okay, I wanna I wanna generalize something. Should I do that now or wait till you talk about the filioque? or I'm sorry, the uh, Philocalia.
1: <laughs> we are not, not getting go into there. the Philocalia in this episode <laughs> uh, or um, probably ever. Go
0: ahead. The Um, Okay, so I, I, I tie this into forgiveness and this is something I've thought a lot about with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is even more than general than forgiveness. When somebody, when God forgives somebody, um, they, they are forgiven. They're objectively forgiven. And then it's up to us to acknowledge that. So if God has forgiven somebody and I have not forgiven them, then I'm in the wrong because they are objectively forgiven. Mm-hmm. They're a forgiven individual. Now, um, by God, that's, that's the real forgiveness that matters. So I can kind of cling to this falsehood and I can, I can separate my own will my lack of forgiveness, I can separate my own will from God's will, but that's of course very, very dangerous. So when, when, when someone's been forgiven by God, it is, is very, very important for me to say, I'm going to work on, actively work on tapping into the fact that they are a forgiven individual and acknowledging that through my own will. So I'm gonna offer them forgiveness. I'm gonna to will to do it and I'm gonna do it because they are forgiven by God. Um, God. every human being is, is objectively loved by God and God mm-hmm. is love. So in other words, when, they, when somebody participates in God, they participate in love. So they are loved. So when we say we have a choice and love is a choice, what we're saying is, is we have a choice to either do what is real and true or not. So if I don't love somebody...
1: If, I, if I choose
0: right, if I choose not to yeah. love somebody, I am actually separating myself from the reality mm-hmm. of, of the, the fact that they, they are part of God, a child of God, and, and I, it's important for if there's anybody I don't love, then in, in the, that's why I'm saying I'm generalizing here. If there's anybody sure. I don't love, then I am not tapping into the reality. I should love everybody, even my enemies. That's why the scriptures say, "Love your enemies." And he says that because they are loved. Objectively, and if I don't love my enemies, then in in a very real way, I'm just in the wrong. I'm refusing to acknowledge that God is love, and 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 they are in the image and likeness of God. I'm I'm refusing to acknowledge that they are loved by God, and so I'm in the wrong if I don't love somebody. Now, this is where the different kinds of love, different types of love, come in. So, um, the marriage is is that very specific type of love that involves uh, an intimacy and exclusivity that is separate from all the other loves. It's a, it's a foretaste of heaven by me being more united to someone than I am to anybody else. And in heaven we'll all be united in the one body of Christ. But when I marry someone, I am sacramentally, I have tapped into that, that relationship with Christ and with, with one other person that is a foretaste of heaven and, and the unity we will all have in heaven. Um, so, so when that comes down to the practical level, level and we're talking about love being a choice rather than an emotion, um, I think that a lot of times that's what is the choice, the choice should be set, I mean that if if I don't choose to love somebody then I really need to work on that. Mm-hmm. Um and then the emotion though is important. You know the, the 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 feeling especially and that's something I should work on too. So I think that there, there's a simple level of holiness here that's that's quite simple. In other words, I should love somebody and that should have an emotional situation. And I I can be on this pilgrimage towards First of all, acknowledging that God loves them. Second of all, choosing to love them. And then thirdly, by the way, I'm just making this up as I go along. So... Sure. So I might be wrong here, but thirdly, then tying my emotions into it. This does not mean that we need to, you know, live with the person. It does not mean we need to see the person. We, you know, we can actually separate out of, out of love mm-hmm. from, from exposure to this person if they're toxic or if I'm toxic or whatever, um, separate from them. But, but there should be some sort of desire for love to acknowledge the, and again, what is the love It's the cross. You know, so there should be a desire for self-emptying and self-gift to someone, even our enemies, because they are beloved of God. And that will always be the case.
1: I I think it goes back to something that we talked about on one of the, on our podcast um, on apatheia is that the emotions are good and can, can help and can, but, but they shouldn't be the driving force um and I guess I feel the same and in heaven I think that the the affection will will be there in union with the choice and um but in our yeah. in our fallen human nature we don't always feel the love that we're choosing is my point. And but that we should um but that if we persevere in in the choice to love, the choice to act out of our love. Um, I'll, give, I'll give a couple of tangible examples of that. And okay. because one of the, so one of the quotes that I wanted to share from the Philokalia, this is from St. Diadokos of Fotiki. And he says, he who loves God both believes truly and performs the works of faith reverently. But he who only believes and does not love lacks even the faith he thinks he has. So he's paralleling. He says, he who loves God both believes truly and performs the works. The next sentence, he who only believes and does not love, thus he's paralleling loving and doing the works of faith reverently. And so this is the point, like I'm t- I'm talking to, so Angelo, the the nephew, he's also my godson. So we're talking the other day, and I tell him he he's going to church with us. He's going to Divine Liturgy for the feast of Saints Peter and Paul, because it's a it's a major feast. Um and um it's not technically a holy day of obligation for him because he's canonically Roman, but um, but it's still a big feast and he should be in church with us and his godmother's here. <laughs> so um, and he's like, Well, no, but I'm not going because I don't want to go. <laughs> and I was like oh, I know, I totally understand, but you're still going. Um, And he's like, no, but I don't want to. And I said, I understand, Angelo. Sometimes I don't want to go to church. And he just looks at me like shocked because I'm a nun. And when would I ever not want to go to church? But sometimes Madden's comes and it's early and um, I would like to just sleep in a little longer. (laughs) And, but the, the, the love is often just those small yeses of "I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray matins because this is what I committed to and so so I guess this is the thing is it's like it's the daily commitments and the very seemingly small yeses that we give that are an act of love because we are performing performing the works that we've committed to um, and so if if you if you know that your, your spouse or whoever it is that you're being called to love in that moment, you know that your spouse is not feeling well um, and they're, they're sick in bed or, or they're just feeling a little despondent or whatever. And you feel it on your heart, oh, if I do this particular thing for them or if I say this particular thing to them, it, it might help them a little bit but then you decide that you're not going to do it because you're actually angry with them in this moment or you're actually like, it's, it's overcoming those other emotions that are stopping you from performing the acts of love. Um, that is when love I think becomes a choice. And Diodakos, the the one that I just quoted, he also, he talks about, um, the significance of that natural love as well. Um, He's, he's, talking about, he's talking about God, but I guess that's my whole point in, in bringing this topic is because it's not just about our human relationships. It's also what we should be striving towards in our relationship with God um, is to, to choose to love God even when we don't feel like loving God. Like I, like I had to express to Angelo the other day um, because Diodakos explains it as he says, when the soul has reached self-understanding, it produces from within a certain feeling of warmth for God. And then he's talking a little bit about that warmth. And then later he says, on the other hand, the feeling of warmth, which the Holy Spirit engenders in the heart is completely peaceful and enduring. It awakes in all parts of the soul, a longing for God. So on and so forth. And then he says, thus, while recognizing the first kind of warmth, we should strive to attain the second. For although natural love is evidence that our nature is in a healthy state through self-control Nevertheless, such love lacks the power which spiritual love possesses. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot there. I know.
0: And I think that there's, and as you read this, I know this is the Philokalia, so I know that it's, it's all about the monastic life and the ascetic life, but I, I am learning after you know 15 years of priesthood and 42 years of life, how important discipline structure and habit is and that that is the life of a monk or a nun but you know I think this is why my mom used to joke you know it's a good thing little kids are cute because you know it, it's well, when you're it, it's hard to it's hard to get frustrated at a kid who's being a kid you know there's being a kid they're being cute and it's it's hard so once they you know, are not so cute anymore. You've known them for you know 12, 13 years, and and it's and but you've you've built up a habit at that point of mm-hmm. loving them, and so you're you're when when loving them is easy when they're easy ish when they're young, and then as they get older, love becomes harder. But you have put so much time and effort and discipline and habit and virtue into loving them, you could almost love them. You know, well, what, what's you know you could love them with your eyes closed. to... to we use a weird phrase, but you know, you could, you, you you could, like we say, we can perform things with our eyes closed, you know, yeah. that's, we, we, we don't have to think about it where we're, we're mm-hmm. kind of, we're loving them because we've put the time in. We, 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 we put so much effort into loving them that it becomes easier to do it naturally. So when, when the emotions get in the way, and we don't feel like loving them. We don't need to be on point because mm-hmm. we have, you know, it's like i've always been amazed how rock stars can play a song totally smashed drunk like you see it all the time right these rock stars that they're 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 drunk and they're playing the song it's like that's because when they were sober they they learned it and they knew it so well that they didn't need to be fully present to be able to play it that well and the same thing happens with love if if i put the effort in in you know the courtship and the dating and the marriage and the honeymoon and those those first few years of marriage if I put that time in the ups and the downs, then I kind of know what it means to love. I know what their love language is. I know how to love them. I know what to give them. So when the tough times come, I can kind of fall back on my natural, my natural tendencies, and hopefully those natural tendencies are to love. Yeah. It is to to smile when they need to smile, give them a kiss when they need a kiss, to to do the dishes when they need the dishes, to you know to to drive when they want me to drive. I, I don't need to. I don't need to overthink it. It's it's become natural to me so that the mm-hmm. the emotions aren't distracting and I need to get the emotions in line, but I've been doing that well for a while now. And the same thing is, is of course with our relationship with God and church. You know, if I if I go to church every single Sunday and I pray every single day and I make sure that I when I wake up I pray, when I go before I go to bed I pray. These things become natural to me they become part of the discipline that has become me so even if i don't feel like going i still go and it's not that hard to go cuz i've been going every single week or praying every single day so building up these good habits work with it's part of our humanity god built into us the ability of building up habits and discipline and virtue so building up these habits will will sustain us through the hard emotional times. If I don't want to go to church, I don't want to pray. I don't want to love my spouse. I don't want to love my kids. if we've done it well for a while, you know, and this is the same thing with vice, you know, if, if I'm addicted to some sin or I have a compulsion that I do over and over and over again, I become a slave to it. So like, mm-hmm. as the scriptures say, you're either a slave to God and to love or you're a slave to, to evil, you know, and so w- do I build up these habits? And and you know me, sister, I don't like discipline. I don't like structure. I I, I really detest it. You know, it, it, a, the, a real base part of my being, I, I see it as an attack on the Holy Spirit, not leaving room for the Holy Spirit to work. But as I get older. My gosh, I'm just realizing how helpful it is to have the structure because then when the spirit calls upon us, everything's in place to kind of go off the structure, you know, and then do something else, but, but it'll in a sense continue as it has been on its own. So yeah, God bless the the fellow call you. It's about, uh, it's about structure and discipline and order. And, and, you know, monasteries are so supposed to be so good at that, you know, mm-hmm. to, to provide a, a atmosphere of love, whether you're whether you tap into the emotions or not because you've chosen to be there and you've lived at that choice over the course of years.
1: And and I mean even though even though I'm not still in in my time at the monastery, I'm not still in that like butterflies in the stomach kind of feeling. Like God gives those particular days that that I do feel a great warmth and a great affection and and um a feeling I still have those days that I have the feeling of being in love. I wrote a poem for you about this um a couple of years ago of like what my experience is of being in love with the Lord. Um, and so he still grants that. It's not like, but but I think it's important to to persevere in the times that it's not that. Um, and i I like that you mentioned this is a little bit of a side note, but I like that you mentioned that. It's difficult in our, because in English we only have the one word, right? Like I can say that I love beer and cheese and I can say that I love my godson and um, those mean two very different things Mm -hmm. because obviously I would always choose the beer and cheese over, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I, because I think that it's also, I'm I'm thinking of the passage um, where, Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? He asks him thrice. Um, I'm bringing back that word. Hmm. So because something, this is totally, I, it's so rare that I hear priests preach on this because a lot of them maybe don't even know this. Um, but I, I think that we often miss what I see as the most beautiful part of that passage, which is that Jesus does not use the same word for love all three times. Um, and so, so he first asked Peter, like, do you love me with an agape love? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you with this filial love.
0: <laughs> so explain those two words, agape and filial. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, sorry. So agape, um, agape is like self-giving love, um, like highest. a divine love, the okay. highest form of love. Um, and then the other, the filial is like a friendship kind of love. Um, and is that enough of an explanation? Do you think? So,
0: so Jesus asked, do "You love me with a divine, the highest love, the self-giving love, the cross, P- love
1: yes. the cross." And the he first responds, time, I love you
0: like a friend. And then Peter <laughs> says,
1: "I love you like, like Jesus. You know, I love you like a friend." Totally and then Jesus asks the second time, <laughs> "Yeah, Peter, friend zone, Jesus." <laughs> and then Jesus asks the second time, "Do you love me with a divine love?" Peter says, "Jesus, you know, I love you like a bro." And then Jesus asks the third time. Peter, do you love me with the filial love?" And Peter says, "Yes, Lord, you know that I love you with the filial love." So on the last one, Jesus comes down and uses the friendship term for love that Peter was using the other two times. And I think that there's a great beauty in that because it's like and and I want to I want to use that as encouragement as we talk about loving in this way and like striving to love even when the emotions aren't there and um and striving to to even develop the emotion so that the, the affection is combined with the choice and and all of that. Because I think there's a great encouragement in that it's okay if we're not there yet um, because Jesus meets us where we're at and he recognizes that we're trying. He recognizes the goodness of what we are giving um, while still trying to help us move forward and trying to help us. And And then by the end of Peter's life, like, he's martyred for the Lord upside down on a cross. Like Mm -hmm. by the end of his life, he had that agape love (laughs) for Jesus, you know? Um, And so anyways, if you're a priest and you're listening to this podcast, please preach on that because I think it's beautiful. And and when we just say, no offense, Father Michael, because you've probably said this, but like in homilies, but when we just say, well, Jesus asked the same question three times and Peter responds three times in order to, like redeem his threefold denial. Absolutely, I'm sure that's part of it. Um, But I think that there's just a lot more depth to it than that. Um, Mm.
0: Yeah, there's a subtlety there that not everybody knows. I've even heard scripture scholars say that it wasn't wasn't that big of a deal distinguishing those two things. And so we don't want to overemphasize that reality, but I Mm. think even if that's the case, I think that there is a subtlety that it, exactly what you mentioned just now is so beautiful, especially for people that that are that want to love God or their spouse or their kids more, and and, and feel that that God is always demanding so much more than they can actually offer, and they let that lead to despair and then achadia, laziness, and then they just stop loving. So to say, you know, you, you need the mustard seed. There, there's a couple a couple memes I've seen recently that kind of tie this in. The one is you've probably seen it. The it shows an old man like shows this old lady sitting on a park bench and she has her arms folded like she's mad and she's looking in the other direction. And then the old man is sitting there with his arms like one arm folded, looking mad, facing the other direction. And yet he's holding an umbrella over her head because it's raining. Mm-hmm. so like he's they're both mad at each other but he's still holding the umbrella over her head mm-hmm. to protect her you know so he's loving on her but they're really mad at each other which I think is a beautiful image the other one that I just think is really funny this just came out the past couple of days it shows like it's one of those four panel comics and the first one is Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount saying you know and I say love, love everyone, and and somebody spends even Greg, and then like the next passages, and then somebody else say, yeah, Greg's a you know, Greg's a total, you know what? And then and then Jesus says, yes, did you did I stutter even Greg? And then Greg's like. Booyah! All you can suck it. And Jesus is like, <laughs> not now, Greg. You know? It's just like, yeah, Greg is a total, you know what? But 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 Jesus is saying, love him but anyway. Even if he even if he doesn't respond, as soon as Jesus says, Greg, you are loved, he's still like, yeah, you have to love me. You're forced to, you know. He's still acting like like a horrible person, you know. That there's still this there's still this love we need to have for them. So yeah, I think I think you wanted to go all practical. And I think we did in the end, right?
1: yeah okay that's fine I think well I'll say one more practical thing okay and then I want to share this excerpt this small excerpt from my prayer journal and then we can end um, cool. but because my parents and I are praying vespers and you have a phone call um, but I, I do want to say that the other thing about this choosing to love and so by when I say choosing to love I mean choosing to perform actions of love um, or choosing to not act. Go. Okay. choosing choosing to not act out of negative or unholy emotions. Um, when we choose to love, it can also be incredibly healing for ourselves um, and I'm thinking like I could say so many times, I won't because I don't want to like bring other people into this, but I can think of so many times that I've been angry at someone or hurt by someone, and i've I've decided. To do something kind for them or to go out of my way to do something for them because of my own anger. Um even maybe even to some extent of like what St. Is it Saint Paul who says like um he doesn't say kill them with kindness, but um like heap burning coals of kindness on their head kind of thing. Um so yeah, scripture. Gosh, I gotta stop doing that. Um everyone's gonna be like, does this nun ever read the Bible? Um <laughs> So, and, and in performing that act of love, it's, I I don't know how to articulate it, but it often just brings about this great healing in me Um, because I guess because, you know, maybe just because like God sees that I'm trying, he gives me the grace that I need and, and the divine physician um, performs healing. And also it often has softened that other person and brought about some discussion from them or some apology or they've just opened up and now I'm suddenly not angry because I realize why they've been acting this way because my doing something for them has opened up a vulnerability in them um, in a willingness to share. Um, So I guess that's the other aspect of it that I would want to mention.
0: Yeah, because not not only is it those practical things, but if, again, when you're tapping into the fact that somebody is loved, Mm -hmm. um, then, then you are you're kind of breathing... With full lungs, so sure. I, I, I literally the hours, right? When you pray matins and vespers, you're you're breathing along with the church. You're praying along with the church. You're you're walking in stride with the church, and that feels good. So. Like, like I've said before on the Catholic sub podcast, my my father has a weird form of sleep apnea where his brain and his and his heart and his lungs are fighting each other. So it's because mm. the agent orange, and so was, when his brain says to breathe, the lungs don't breathe, and then the lungs breathe when the brain's saying don't breathe, and so that mm. causes a lot of tension on the heart, and that's what causes the congestive heart failure and the stress on the heart. You know, if we are living a life contrary to the life we're supposed to lead, that's going to cause all kinds of tension, and a lot of times anxiety comes from living a life. Separate from the body of Christ, I'm a member of the body of Christ. If I'm Catholic or Orthodox, but I'm a member of the body of Christ, but I'm I'm not living like it. And so the so my head is telling the, the lungs to breathe when it's not time, or the lungs telling you know. So I'm just living out of sync with the body that I'm a part of. Um, so that can just cause great anxiety. And we can find that if I, if I love someone, if I forgive someone, if I read my Bible, if I do literally the hours, if I go to church and receive the sacraments, these are ways of, 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 of realigning my life with the body of Christ. That's Mm -hmm. a real body, the body of Jesus that's functioning. And if I try to separate myself from that, and then I wonder why I have anxiety or stress or just don't feel right, or, you know, things like that is because I'm, I'm, I'm either separating myself from the vine and the branches that are out of Christ and the church, or I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm living a part. I'm I'm part of a body, but I'm, I'm acting like I'm not. And that's just going to cause tension. And so if I do love because God loves somebody, if I forgive because God forgives somebody, then I'm, I'm actually living more authentically a member of the body that I, I'm objectively a part of.
1: That's a really, that's a way of articulating what I couldn't, so I'm grateful. Um, well, I'm gonna, um, if it's okay, I'll end with this, uh, something that I wrote in my prayer journal, um, almost two years ago. So this was, I was praying with, we talk, we talk in the East a lot, maybe in the West too, I don't know, but at least in the East, we talk about being wounded by love. Um, and there's a very, actually there's a really beautiful book called Wounded by Love, um, about the life of St. Porphyrius. Um, and, so I was praying at this time in my life of what it means to be wounded by love. And for some, in, in one of my confessions, the, the priest gave me as a penance to, um, to pray that three different saints, like he gave the particular saints or whatever, um, teach me what it means to be wounded by love. Um, something about what it means to be wounded by God's love. And so, This particular day I was praying, it was the Feast of St. James, Um, St. James, the brother of the Lord. And Eastern tradition, real quick, is that, um, because otherwise that might sound weird, the Eastern tradition is that um, Joseph was previously married um, and widowed and that he had children from his first marriage before his marriage to the Theotokos, to, to Mary. And so in the East, when when it calls James the brother of the Lord, um, we think it means stepbrother, not just like cousin, as um, some of the interpretations are. So that's, that's the Eastern tradition. Um, and then just a note for clarification prologue is the book that we read. That's the lives of the saints. Um, So that's mentioned in this entry. So that's why I say that. Um, Okay. So yesterday I prayed that St. James may teach me something about what it means to be wounded by your love. Then I read the epistle of James during my spousal prayers and heard nothing. I paid attention to his stakira at Vespers the evening before nothing. The homily at liturgy, nothing. Finally, last night, as I lay in bed, I thought about the prologue reading, about how none of the other of Joseph's sons thought Jesus should have a part of their inheritance and how James gladly shared his, probably enduring scorn from his brothers. And I heard in my heart, to be wounded by love is to be willing to sacrifice all your smaller loves for the greatest love. Because the wound causes an ache so great, you will desire to give up all else to have more of that which wounded you. St. James, pray for me that I may love our Lord, your brother, above all else. And so I think that, um, I guess that's, that's part of what I hope that people will remember in in the process of, of trying to choose to love is that when we're giving of ourselves and when we're sacrificing in order to love, that doesn't just mean that we're, we're sacrificing bad things or um, like when we're giving of ourselves, when we're choosing someone else above ourselves, that we're choosing a greater good over other goods. Um, and that that it's more of like a prioritizing of goods than it is in um, of anything else, which is kind of what C.S. Lewis is saying is, is that like being in love is good, um, but, but there's a greater good. Um, and that's the loving, even when those emotions aren't
0: there. Yeah, amen. And also when we love Christ, we love his entire body. So mm-hmm. we, we're loving each other when we love Christ. And so that's why we put him first. And that's why we love him most. Um, yeah. You know, if you don't leave, if you love mother, father, brother, sister more than me, you're not worthy of me. You know, that there's a certain, if I love just my mother, I'm loving just her. I'm improving the body of Christ that love. But when I love Christ and grow closer in union with him, I'm growing closer in union with everybody in the body of Christ. This is actually a very co- consoling thought for celibates because, you know, I, I I want to love other people but the best way I do that is by loving Christ, you know, who who is my, objectively as a celibate, especially my primary, Object of prayer that I spend the most time and energy on. Anyway, um, let's. Are, are you? Is there anything else? Um, nope, we can move on, on to prayer requests. So, okay, yep. go ahead. Do you have a prayer request. Uh, you go first. Okay, um, I was just thinking. Um, it came up when I earlier in the podcast. Um. Just pray for my parents, Bob and Marie Lachlan. Um, Their love is real. They really do have interdependence, not codependence. That's wrong, but interdependence. They, they have gotten such a good habit of loving each other that they really couldn't live without each other, and that's pretty obvious, you know. And so there's something really beautiful about the. Inter- they really depend upon each other in a good way, in a beautiful way, and so even in the hard times. It, it would be absurd to leave each other at this point, you know, it would, it would not be helpful. At all. And they know that viscerally know that they're going to be together for the rest of their life. And I, that's at least how it appears. So there's something that those habits and those virtues have been built up over decades, you know, to, to make a real healthy interdependent relationship based upon Christ and, and really to, to love each other in a very human and divine way. So, yeah. Absolutely. Pray for Bob and Maria Lachlan.
1: We're going to see them next week. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be awesome. That's really exciting. Um, okay. And I would ask you to pray for um, for all of our bishops, priests, deacons, um, subdeacons, but particularly our bishops. Um, our The Bishop of Parma, Bishop Milan Locke, uh, said a couple of years ago, he gave this really beautiful homily about how if about how we need holy bishops and, and that he, he told the congregation um, all who were present that if we want holy bishops, then we need to be praying for our bishops. So um, it's just, it's a really hard time. I think right now to, it's always a hard time to be a bishop. I would never want to be a bishop, which is fine. Cause like mm-hmm. I'm a woman, but um Anyways, just pray for our bishops. Pray that they can be holy and and prudent and all of that. Pray especially for Bishop John Pazak, Bishop of Phoenix, mm-hmm. and Bishop Milan Loch, the Bishop of Parma, Mayaparki. Our
0: bishops, Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. That's beautiful. All right, I'll give a blessing. May the Lord bless you all, keep you all, cause His face to shine upon you all. May He Allow you to love with his love and to desire that love, to forgive quickly and easily, to love quickly and easily, to accept love quickly and easily, to accept forgiveness quickly and easily. May he soften your hearts to um, desire the structure and the day-to-day grind that is the love that we choose. And may he protect you from any attacks of the devil that may desire to separate you or to build uh, a relationship on lies rather than love And understanding the healing power of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, the mercy of Christ—that Christ can do amazing things with a very broken relationship—if we allow Him to do that—and may you desire that and and open up your lives—and may I do the same to Christ's healing love and to His building love and to His teaching love. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, love you, sister. Thank you for the time.
1: God bless you. you